Hey guys, here we are at Horror Movie Survival Guide. Nope, try that again. Take that it. was great. <laughs> That's really how it is, though, because you know what? We can't see each other right now, Julia, because we here at Horror Movie Survival Guide are recording remotely right now. So uh, because of, you know, um, a little thing called the corona um, is going around. And so we are doing our part to um, shelter in place and, and stay safe and keep our social distance with our friends and family. And that includes our friends that we record with together. Yeah, um, it's very weird to not be looking at your face while I'm doing this show because we are always right across the table from each other. Yep. Uh, but of course, we are in quarantine as if in the horror movie ourselves, one might say. And here to do our best are trying to record uh, from three different locations. Our, our producer, Wes, is also here. So we just wanted to give you a little disclaimer and let you guys know that um, we are doing our best to give you the best sound and quality that we can uh, with our equipment from home. So if it doesn't sound like the pod usually does, that's why. Uh, but we love you and we are still happy to give you content and bring out fresh shows each week um, as long as we can. And it's feasible and possible. We do appreciate your support and your understanding. Of course. And so, yes, just be a little generous with any technical glitches you might hear. We, uh, we hope you know that we're trying to give you something to give you a little bit of cheer in this kind of dreary time. But we're here for you and we love you guys. And we are so happy to have you as listeners. Stay safe and healthy and enjoy the show. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. <laughs> you, ready, you ready Jules <laughs> ready. I'm ready it's it's or a movie survival guide it's it's <laughs> <laughs> welcome to our movie survival guide I'm Julia I'm Terry welcome to the ballroom blitz today the ballroom blitz that is horror movie survival guide this week we are talking about 2010's frozen frozen not Disney frozen Adam Green's frozen title yes. of this episode bond as a threesome Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to bond as a threesome. And the tagline for this movie is, no one knows you're up there. Uh, so this movie was written and directed by Adam Green, um, who is an awesome human being. And uh, this is the movie that made me a fan. Uh, blew me away. I saw it in the theater the day it came out. And it was really, really incredible. Um, so uh, a little a little cool thing about this movie is that every character in the film is named after a close friend of Adam's, including uh, Joe Lynch, who is uh, one of his his co-hosts on uh, the movie Crypt, which is an amazing podcast that he, they do together. Um, so this film yeah. starts on the mechanics of a ski lift. Very innocuous. Totally. Like Just a beautiful a moment out in the uh, love in the mountains. I was like, yes, this looks great. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. What could go wrong? 
what could go wrong? So uh, we have uh, three, two friends, Joe and Dan, and then Parker, who is uh, Dan's girlfriend. And there, there's a little tension there. We can see that there's a little something there's going on. There's a little on. third wheel situation, you know, when it's three friends. And this is kind of their first real group hang. And this is usually, a, you get that this is usually a thing that the dudes do together. They go skiing on the weekend sometimes together. So this is the first time Parker has joined them. And as it's the girlfriend, the dreaded girlfriend. As the official girlfriend, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So they are out Mount, Mount Holliston, which is named after the town that Adam Green grew up in in Holliston. Um, so they, but they have a very playful way of like, oh, we know what's happening in this situation, but we're going to kind of make fun of it and have make light of it. Everybody's aware of the awkwardness, but they're trying to make it work as you do because you want your friends to like who you're dating. Like that's right. kind of the thing. He's like, I want to make sure that we're all, I love you and I love her. Like, let's all try to make this work. Right. Um, so they have this, this, what happens is the they have this ploy where they're going to, there's a girl who is a friend who like works at the ski lift, who's going to get him in, but that person's not there. So now Parker has to go up and like, Hey, Mr. Ski lift guy, can you, Skiing's maybe- expensive. So they don't want to pay for the lift tickets. They're poor, like college students. And they were just like, Oh, we don't have the money. So they brought cash to pay off mm-hmm. this person. So, so they tell her to go negotiate <laughs> and they get her to go over there. Yes. And she, she didn't really want to. This is not part of the plan. This is not something she'd signed up for. But now, because she's the cute girl, she's got to go over and do it. And so, you know, the obviously the ski lift guy has heard this a billion times before and is really not buying it. But whatever, here's some extra money. Uh, here we go. We do get um, a Joe Lynch and Adam Green cameo here uh, at, the, at the beginning of the ski lift, which, which is great. You just go, ah, that's great. There they are. Hey, like guys. A, a Newberry Comics plug in the background. You're like, all right, repping home, hometown. We like it. Um, so they uh, are able to get up. The tr- trick works, and they're able to get up and go up. Yeah. So this is Parker's not – Parker, who is uh, the girlfriend, who is uh, Emma Bell, is newbie uh, to – to skiing. So she's, she's not a pro. These guys are like, you get that they probably go do fast runs. They could probably go down the mountain, like in a matter of minutes, but she's one of those people that probably needs to stick to like, not the black diamonds. She needs like the bunny slopes or like the greens. Like she needs like a very like simple hill. Cause it's going to take her forever if they go all the way up. So she's already cramping the style. Um, and it's just funny cause she also is a smoker. Like she smokes cigarettes and like, um, so her- Joe was getting on her about that. And like yeah. they make her wear a helmet and she doesn't want to wear a helmet, but you know, she's new and they don't want to get hurt. And so there's, you know, multiple layers of tension of already, you know, she's the girlfriend, but now they can't do the the runs that they want. And today's kind of a waste now. So, uh, they, they, when they are down at the, the lodge eating some pizza in between runs, Parker overhears Joe talking about like, I want to do a real one. I go, I want to go out there and like do this before the close. And so she's like, no, no, you guys go ahead. I understand. I'm holding you back. I'll wait here. It's no big deal. But of course, they take no, of course, we'll all go together. And also, um, Joe has been flirting with this cute girl that they saw over by the lodge too, Shannon, mm-hmm. who's like adorbs. Um, and he clearly has like a big thing for her. And he's the single guy. So you get like, he sees what his friends have. And he's like, as much as he's like, like, quote unquote, kind of doesn't like her, but it's also you get there's like a sense of jealousy about like, my friend has somebody that I don't. And he's one of those guys who's notoriously has not really ever had a girlfriend. Like he's always made an excuse or been too snarky, or he's too, you know, flippant about it. But you get that he probably was like hurt by his first girlfriend or something crazy happened. And you, we find out later a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. But he gets this girl's number, but he, they he realize this is where they also tell you horror movie tip, charge your phone, 
take your phone with you, even if you don't think you need it. Because right. they have left their phones because this is like 2010. People, I mean, obviously cell phones are still integral, but you don't necessarily want to have your phone up on the mountain. They've left them in the lockers. And I would say most people would still do that because you would think, well, what do I need my phone up there for? We right? take pictures I, now. I, pictures on oh, your okay. on your, on your cell so. phone is different than I think 10 years ago. Like definitely. now I, I definitely took, I last I was in Mammoth a few months ago before in the before times and took pictures up on the top of the mountain because I needed proof that I was on the top of the freaking mountain. Right. So she, she gives her, gives him her number, but he doesn't have a pen or anything to write it down with. So he has to memorize it. So we have this, this cute joke of him, like repeatedly trying to remember this girl's number so that when they get, you know, that he can call her. So they decide they're going to, the bond is a threesome and all go up this last run together. So the guy that they had, uh, Employed originally, they say we just want one last run, you know. And he's like, "No, the mountains close. We're you know, we're getting ready to go." And they talk him into it. So he tells them they end up with a shift change, and he tells the next guy, "There's three more." Well, not even down. shift change. He's like, "Gotta piss." Like he's yeah. just like, "Can you cover me? I gotta piss." And then I'm gonna head out. And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Then he tells them, "There's three more up there, though. So you just gotta wait for those three. Oh, this is where the misinformation uh, mis- mistake happens. Yes. So uh, three other people come down. And so they're like, oh, okay, everybody's done. So they ended up shutting down the lift. So while they're midway up the hill, while they're midway up and they're very high off the ground. And of course, Parker, who is not used to this stuff immediately is freaking out. And they're like, no, it's fine. This because when the they time. showed them earlier in the day, they had a moment earlier where it had stopped as well when they initially had gotten on it. Cause somebody like either was like a handicapped person or, or somebody like lost their ski or something happens where they pause the lift every now and again for other reasons. Right. Um, and so they, uh, they had been having this conversation, uh, to, to kind of break the tension of what do we think is the worst way to die? So, uh, Joe, uh, says he thinks it's, it's the Sarlacc pit is going to be the worst way, which is, you know, <laughs> pop culture. We all get it. Yep. Digested for a thousand years. We understand. Uh, Dan picks a uh, shark cause he says it would be terrible to see the thing coming for you and not being able to escape. Uh, and Parker says burning, burning, burning. So we're like, Oh, valid, all valid. So, uh, they're up there waiting for the lift to go. doesn't go suddenly lights go off and you go, Oh, really shutting down like a and pretty much it. right away they are cold yes. like you get that like it was already cold when they were down on the ground but now they're up in that crispy crispy snowy air and even before that the guy who told them like about the lift he was like i don't want to send you up there's supposed to be a storm coming in right. he doesn't realize that she's not that inexperienced skier like they probably would still it's was still a bad move because they probably would have taken them forever to get her down the freaking hill mm-hmm. um considering like what her skill level was at that point too um, so they start talking about ways to get off this thing, like, uh, Parker's, jumping. Yeah. Hysterical and crying and, uh, realizes that it's Sunday. Yep. So it's not that they're coming back to get them tomorrow morning. It's that they're coming back to get them in days and days and days from now, not till Friday when they reopen the slope. Yeah. Cause this slope is only open on the weekends. This slope is open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So no one's coming back till next Friday and it's Sunday night and they are stuck on a ski lift. Yes, and he says, you acting all psycho is not going to make the chair move. Oh man. So they're already, the tensions are high between the friends anyway. Now they're going to start coming up in a bad way. Uh, Lynch and Parker both have to pee. So they have, yeah. So, yeah. Joe just, can do it right off the side, but Parker can't. She's, she's like, I can hold it. I can hold it. You're like, uh, 
for five days, man. I don't know if you can. Um, I don't even so, hold it probably through the night, yo. Right. Like, and get, and the, him him uh, going to pee is the first time we get him lifting the bar where she freaks out and he's like, the bar does nothing. It's there for like aesthetic purposes where you feel safer, but actually- doesn't actually hold you in. No, it's useless. Um, so the weather starts to move in and you have this ice storm that's just like hitting them you in say the face. It feels like ice. needles. Yes. As the ice storm hits their faces. And I was like, oh, needles, needles. That sounds so painful. Yes, they look very, very cold. But then uh, all of a sudden, a snowmobile, a, snowplow. a little snowplow is coming up to plow the mountain. Uh, but who's, he's... Who's at the wheel at that snowplow? Who's Kane at the wheel? Hodder. That would be uh, Jason Voorhees himself, Mr. Kane Hodder. Uh, nicely done. That's amazing. So we think, you know, oh, here's the refuge. Here's the snowplow. It's coming up. And they're yelling. They're throwing things to try to but get But a snowplow is not a quiet car, FYI. It's quite loud because it's plowing fucking snow. And so it's big and it's a blizzard. So it's like a big tractor in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah. Yes. So they're throwing, you know, skis and snowboards and trying to get the attention, not getting the attention. The thing is they're throwing it in front of the thing, but they don't realize that that um, snowplow has been called back in because they're like, hey, like it's a snowstorm's coming in. Might as well come back because you're going to have to basically like replow at the end of the week. Um, No point in doing it now. So he's actually going in reverse. And so if they're dropping skis in front of him, he can't see because it's in front of the car. So he's actually looking behind him as he reverses down the mountain. So uh, they realize that was their kind of chance, and now it's gone. So now they have this incredibly despondent kind of attitude. Joe's trying to keep it light. He's like, yay, guys, what's your favorite uh, breakfast cereals? Let's talk about breakfast cereals. And they're not having it because they realize the situation they're in and that someone needs to jump. Let us say how high they are up in the air. I would say 15 feet, 20 feet. If not more. Yeah. It's pretty high because it's it's sloping too. So it's like, there's a gradient of like how, like as it's going down the mountain, it's pretty fucking high. It's higher than a human should jump 100%. (laughs) And then there's already like ice, like on their upper lip, like ice mustaches happening and like crusting and stuff like that. Their faces are already getting crusty. Um, it got real cold real fast. And Parker drops one of her gloves. So now she only has uh, one glove, which will come in, uh, into play later. She also has some frostbite that's on her face. It's already starting to show up. They've only been out there for a matter of hours, and this is already frostbite. So really fucking cold. It's so brutal as a storm someone, goes through and you're up there like that and you don't have yeah. the proper coverage. Yeah. Uh, so they, So Dan decides that he's going to jump. Uh, of course, both Joe and Parker tried to talk him out of it. And he's like, someone has to do it. I'll do it. And he it. tells them this whole father all story about like how he's done it before. And like, it wasn't a Not problem. High, even though he's fucking scared shitless. Yes. So he decides to jump. And this part, Julie and I, we watch this like virtually with each other. Um, we both, holy crap. I think like <laughs> just screaming in horror. So Dan jumps. And I think oh. these are some of the worst broken legs I've ever seen in a film. It's truly fucking terrifying. He breaks his legs so bad. And like the bones are sticking out of his legs. His one of his legs is like, like in this crazy angle. The legs They're literally facing the wrong directions. Like I imagine like when, um, when Dennis Christopher told us about him breaking his leg, like I imagine oh. like, do you know what I mean? No one like three yeah. or four different places i imagine it's like that kind of a break where it needs to be set right away yes but the problem is this guy is in snow yeah and he's in shock 
yes, this horrible moment where he jumps and he has, you know, he lands and he kind of comes to like, okay, I'm alive. I'm all right. And then looks down at his legs and just starts screaming because it's just so painful. And it's the, I can't imagine anything worse than seeing your own bone sticking out of your leg and you can't do anything about it. And they're like, how bad is it? Can you crawl down the mountain? And he's like, no, I cannot. Crawl I can't down the even mountain. move. Like he can't even like his legs are like the wrong way. He can't even like, like wheel himself together or kind of move them around. Nothing. Like they're so badly broken and he's bleeding out now because of how they're broken. Like they're literally torn through his skin. Um, and so uh, she throws her scarf down <laughs> to and try to like, so he could use it as a tourniquet and it, it, nowhere near him. Um, and man. So he's able to t- finally, they, they throw down, he's able to get a tourniquet on, but he's just there by himself. And now it's even worse than it was before. And she's like, I, can I throw my coat down? Can I throw something else down? Like she's like trying to help him in any way she can, but there really is literally nothing she can do. He tells her, no, keep the coat on, you know, what, what can they do? And so now what's the next choice? So Lynch decides Joe, to Joe climb the cables. He's going to climb the cables to get to the next, because there's a ladder, like a couple of seats away from them. So if they yeah, can the get the ladder, he can calm down, he can climb down. So gets up, it's very, very slippery. The top of the seat is all ice and he's got these crazy ski boots on that have no traction. That so are just trying- also, those are like wearing, those are like wearing moon lead boots, by the way. Yeah. Ski boots are fucking heavy. So we made a point that um, one of his friends, one of them is like more a snowboarder, but he also ha- insists on skiing. So he's got ski boots. So that's how they're heavier than even snowboarder boots and not as mobile um, yeah, as well. With hard plastic on the bottom. So you have absolutely no yeah and like little steel to click in so it's like there's it's just gonna be like ice skates um also they talk about how the cables are like just steel wire that are gonna cut through his gloves and his hands so we already know that it's gonna hurt no matter what he does and he also talks about he's not that strong and we can't even do like a pull-up normally yes so it's it's a terrible idea they all know it's a terrible idea it's razor sharp cables but there's really no other option so he's like okay i gotta do this and so he uh starts to go and he gets about halfway and he's like he's like it's cut through his gloves it's cut through his hands not even halfway he's like got like a quarter of the way from where a quarter of the way is more accurate and he's like (laughs) nope not going to fucking work. And so he just goes back. And, um, and then we have a shot of Dan who is still on the ground crying, uh, who puts his hands in his face. Uh, he's so uh, despondent, looks up and inches away. We hear growling face. first, right before. And is then, yep. So not only is he on the ground by himself with terrible broken legs in a frozen, frozen tundra, there's also a wolf right there so that's not good so he um, is manages to scare that one wolf away but as we always know there's the scout that will bring the pack back yeah i was like oh they got that one away like by throwing like parker's snowboard towards it but it doesn't yeah so So, that's where we get more frostbite on her face and joe's like hey don't rub it your face is gonna come off like mm -hmm. just stop um, he tries to crawl on the cable again, and then we get the, the pack. Wolf. 
Yeah, they the are wolves back. Come and they're surrounding him, and it's so terrible because we had this speech earlier from Dan saying, you know, the predator coming for you is the worst thing, and seeing that your death is coming and not being able to do anything about it, which is the situation that he's in. And even more terrible, you have these, you know, screams of pain. But what he's screaming is that he doesn't want Parker to see. He doesn't. Want yeah, he tells her, her, "Don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't let her look." He tells his friend to make sure she doesn't look, don't let her look. And that's all she wants to do is look. And of course that he won't let her. So then you have this moment afterwards where now they're gone and it's his best friend and it's her boyfriend. And, you know, this, the person this that brought anger, them together. Right. And that, you know, she's, in, you know, it does, is she insinuating that Joe should have jumped kind of, but you know, because he's a loser and he doesn't have anybody. And well, not just a loser. He doesn't have anybody waiting for him. Like they were waiting on each other. So they play this mad ass blame game and you get to the heart of it where it just is like, oof, brutal blame game of like, who should have done what? Like, well, if you hadn't have come here, we wouldn't be stuck on this mountain. Cause we would have actually had a good day of skiing when it felt like we needed to do one more fucking run. And she's just like, well, if you weren't trying to put like between us and actually were nice to me, then maybe, you know, we, we could all be friends and it wouldn't be bad. And we wouldn't have needed this trip. There's all these different layers of like what happens when the person that brought them together is no longer in the picture. Sure. Cause they didn't really like each other to begin with. And they were just kind of playing nice for him. And now he's gone and they're stuck together and don't really want to be together. Mm-hmm. And now they're probably going to die together. So not very happy. So then, uh, you know, and she talks about how she thought Dan was the one and that, that they were going to get married. going to get married. Yeah. And now that's all gone. She remembers that she has a puppy that is at home that is now going to die because she's never going to come home and the puppy's going to die. So she's very unhappy about she's that. She's freaking out. Well. But Joe is kind of sweet, I think, in this moment where he was like, no, a neighbor's going to hear the dog and like go and like make sure that the, the, like, the dog out. Like, like that's not going to happen to the dog. Um, which is just kind of sad that like the dog has more of an opportunity and a chance to survive than they do right now. But it's that moment of like, you don't, you know, your death is imminent and there's really no way to get out of it, but you don't want to just, you have to fight, right? This is like what you, you, people are made for. So it's, they end up falling asleep, waking up the next morning. Uh, as you'll remember, she lost one of her gloves and in the middle of the night has grasped onto the bar, in her sleep. And when she wakes up, her hand is frozen to the bar to the point that she has to peel she has to peel it off and leave some skin, leave a good deal of, and they, they keep cutting back to like the bar with her, like most of her hands still stuck to it throughout the film. And it's so fucking gross, <laughs> but she manages to do it without screaming and doesn't wake Joe up. Like does it well, silently. she also, it's like, it's also that scream where it hurts so bad where you can't get sound out. I've definitely had that where like, I remember falling as a kid and I still, my, to this day, I can remember what that felt like where I just was like, <gasps> you know, breath like it's like gone. breath is like going in. It's crazy. So, uh, and, she, and then so she, she pees her pants and cries after this and scratches yeah. more skin off her face. So and now she, dignity of it, right? Like yeah. not only she had, she just, she's lost her, her, boyfriend she has to peel the slick skin off her hand she has like half of her face is frostbitten and she doesn't appear pants but also because morning has broken remember her thing was burning the sun is out and they're getting sunburned now because the mountain is fucking brutal you get that reflection of ice which gives extra bounce of uv rays that's why when you're on skiing you also need to wear sunscreen if it's a sunny day um, because now they're getting, they've been frostbit now sunburned. So she's literally burning alive up there. 
during they the day. Had anything to eat or drink. They're, you know, probably dehydrated. They realize like, you know, as you get more and more dehydrated, you get more, let your energy goes and like, you have to do it sooner rather than later. Cause later on, you're probably not going to have the energy to do what you need to do. So Joe's like, fuck it. What am I going to do? I got to get on this cable again. This is the only way to do it. Here we go. So he gets up to do it again. But as he gets up, one of the screws in the chair comes loose. And now the chair is kind of wobbling very unsteadily as if things couldn't get any worse, uh, ends up breaking the chair. And now the chair is kind of hanging sideways. So Parker's kind of slanted now. Yeah. And now we've got our friends coming back, circling around the wolves. So he's um, bleeding from his hands and the wolves can smell. And so now he's trying, you know, not only does he have this tension of, can I make it to this neck chair and then the next chair, but also if I fall, there are wolves circling around that are going to eat me. And I just saw my best friend getting eaten. So I know what it looks like. It's yeah. So yeah. So, so he, but he, he makes it to the pole though, gets, which is like the ladder. The moment we were like, yes, he, there is a ladder and he gets there. And they're like, she's like, okay, how are you going to defend yourself down there? He's like, well, what you'll need to do is throw one of your ski poles down to me and then we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll fight. Right. So, but of course she has terrible aim <laughs> as we've learned already, everything she's thrown so far. And it's not even about terrible aim. It's like, even if she does throw it fucking wind, when you're on a mountain, will like send something the wrong way anyway, even if you have yeah. great aim, this is not. And also like, she's probably like her bones and like muscles are probably a little atrophied from sitting in the same position mm-hmm. and they're cold and frozen. So she doesn't have mobility, even if she was good at it. Right. But he's able, so he gets down and he's able to beat the first wolf off. But then is like, he has to, you know, you're never going to outrun a wolf pack, but he's just going to do what he can to get down that hill. And, and it's smart. It's- he gets on this little snow, like he makes like a, um, out of the snowboard, he makes it like a little sled. So he's like, okay, like I, I'm, I make shift what I got. And he does a very good final boy kind of MacGyver on this thing too. Uh, so he's off and now Parker is all alone. Um, and, uh, we get to see her through the entire day into the next day where her eyes, now she wakes up and her eyelashes are frozen together and she can't even open her eyes. Yeah. She's like um, blind. I actually had, um, a friend of mine had a baby who had something where like it, whenever in, when it was little, whenever she woke up her eyes, she would have so much like sleep dust that her eyes would be glued together. Super common for little tiny, tiny infants. Yeah. And I would, sometimes when I was over there, the baby would wake up and start freaking out and you could hear it like panic because it couldn't open her eyes. Um, so that's a kind of a scary thing, but now she has, she's no word from Joe. What is she going to do now? It's all up to her. So she's got to have, and also remember this chair is broken that she's dangling from. So it's not going to hold very much longer either. As so, the wind uh, whips it. So sure, her idea is to kind of hang on to the chair as long as it'll get on there and then drop. But as she's holding on, uh, the chair is falling. So she's able to drop and actually seems to drop in a, in a way that she's going to be fine. She's going to be, because she's closer to the ground now and seems to land okay. But then the chair falls on her and falls on her leg and injures her leg. So, so she's now got she's one, one, she's on one leg. One leg. Yep. So she's crawling cause she can at least crawl cause it was the bottom half of her leg. Thank goodness. So she crawls down and makes it actually to the highway. Um, yes, which is, but she, she finds on her way down, she finds Joe, Joe half eaten yeah, uh, by carcass. Wolves. And She's it's nasty. Joe's like, carcass like thigh bone sticking out and all this. And uh, it looks like a Turkey. The, 
you know, dinner, yeah. like after you've had a turkey dinner, but he's just like, it's just little like bones and like pieces, you know? And there's this moment where, you know, she's, she's defenseless. She has nothing. She's completely weak. She has one leg and she's there staring eye to eye with this wolf. And the, the moment is, is the wolf, is this it? Is she, has she gone all through this for nothing? But the wolves are so satiated with their, the meal that they have, that they let her go and they're she's, full. Yeah don't need her. They got their meat. Uh, so she is after this, you know, and it's this, this very sequence of like the, the final girl push, right. Where she has to use all of her strength. This is, she just has to get to the road and then she'll be fine. So she she can see it off in the distance and like, it's like, okay, like there is an end in sight. Yep. Uh, so crawls with the last bit of strength to the road and then just passes out laying there face down on the side of the road. Um, and, uh, a car, uh, picks her up and says, you're going to be okay. And is taking her away to, to the, the hospital. hospital. He gives a call she's and gonna it's going to live a sad, sad life. <laughs> but he says, you're going to be okay. And it's like, you already look on her face. She's already not okay. Like she's right. literally it's seen a- some of the most brutal murders you've ever seen in your life. Um, her literally the love of her life, confessed love of her life. Um, uh, ripped apart by wolves after his he's brutally broken his legs and then his best friend's carcass and blood on the side of a mountain in snow, bloody snow. Like I just, oof. Yeah. It's that that final girl break, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of one of my favorite endings is just, you you know, she'll be, she'll be okay in quotes, but she's never really going to be okay ever again. No. Um, the tension in this movie is so fantastic. Uh, I've never watched it with somebody who wasn't clutching onto me during this entire film because it's just every one on top of the other and all of these horrible things that keep happening. And, you know, you start with, the the leg break and then you're like oh we're just gonna get worse from here and it's just you know this i was so virtually well. clutching onto your arm the whole freaking time i'm glad i was clutching onto my pen writing notes but i was like oh <laughs> god oh yes. no if we had been in perfect person we would have been clutching onto one another so sure. i say fucking well done to adam green because this movie is amazing and is such a good because for me horror movies are all about the characters. It's all I care about, you know, and this is just three characters in one location. It's so just on a ski lift. That's all you have. And to write an entire movie about that. So great. The actors, Emma Bell, Sean Ashmore, Kevin Zegers fucking kill it. Uh, it's scary. It's gory. It's well-written. It's fun. I highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. There isn't like any weak spots in the movie. I think it's really well done. The tension's just right. Like just when you're like getting lulled and feeling like, Oh, maybe nope. catch a break oh no 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 no, there's no breaks here i mean Uh, there's breaks here but they're bad breaks (laughs) oh so bad uh so let's talk about some gore factor yeah one not enough blood to fill a dixie cup two is a puddle of blood three enough blood to gross out the average viewer four is a bathtub of blood and five is run for the barf bag uh just for those legs this movie gets a five yep Run yep. for the barf bag. In the notes, I just five legs, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> if you were able to watch that and see that and not <laughs> scream aloud, I will be so fucking impressed because goddamn, it's horrible. Oh, anyway. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, movie rating, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastical. Um, for me, it's a 4.5. I, I don't know what keeps you from being a five, but I loved it. I thought it was good. I think just because I was like, ah, it's so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a, definitely a five for me, a fantastical. This is one that I recommend to people, but I have to recommend it to the hardcore horror fans, right? Because this is not something you want to rec- 
recommend to someone who's like, I like Fright Night. And you're like, Fright Night's great. But if we're going for like a real, you know, this is not a comedy. (laughs) And there are people who is like, I'm okay with gory stuff, but I'm not okay with suspenseful stuff. And like the tension is the thing that gets you. And like, this this is is that kind of suspense, Mm -hmm. but it also brings the gore where the gore needs to be. So something for everyone says I, it's well fucking done. Well done, Adam Green. We love you. Uh, and if you aren't listening to uh, the movie Crypt, we highly recommend it. Uh, it's Adam and Joe talking to people who are in the industry about what it's really like to be in the industry. Uh, and uh, I was able to be a guest on there uh, what, years Julia? ago. What? So if you want to hear my episode, uh, you can hear me talk to Adam and Joe. Oh my God. Uh, I love those guys. I really do. They're really some of the nicest, most honest people I've ever met in the city. It says a lot. And I really a lot like of honest guys in the city who are real kind and really do try to pay it forward and, you know, make everybody feel like they're part of a community. And Adam's dog is really cute. Arwen. And, Adam, and Arwen has his own Instagram and I follow the dog and I love, I love this dog. So I'm going to give a shout out for Arwen yeah. <laughs> as well. And every year they do um, a benefit to save Yorkies um, every December is a 48 hour marathon where they uh, raise money to save Yorkies. So good guys all around. Also great filmmakers. So next week, we're going to be talking about a movie that neither Terry and I have seen. So it'll be a new watch for us both called The Void. We will find out what lies within The Void. Producer Wes recommended it so or wants us to cover it. Uh, did you watch yeah. it, Wes, too? You've seen it, Wes. Wait on it. So he's uh, yeah, our producer. Yeah, I have seen it. Okay. All right. We ask him for recommendations. We think like everybody should get a fair, you know, choice. And so here is Wes's choice. So we're excited to watch it because it comes from highly recommended by a really cool guy. Next week, The Void. This week, why don't you go on our Instagram, Patreon, Facebook, Twitter, any internet, yeah, social media channels, and talk to us. We're always there. We will answer your questions. We, If you want to talk to us about Frozen, we would love to hear your thoughts on the film. I will talk about um, any version of Frozen as well. Frozen, this Frozen, Disney's Frozen, and Frozen 2. I've watched all of them. So now I can compare okay. and contrast and let you know villains in every single one of them and things you're going to contend with and lots of snow and ice. But are there terrible, terrible leg breaks in the Disney version? That's what I want to know. I'm not going to tell you anything. I want oh. you to watch. Oh yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching you guys. We really enjoyed talking about this film and uh, love talking to you, Terry, because you're my best friend and it's just delightful to hear your voice in this time where we can't see each other or hug each other, but virtually hugging. Here we are. I love you so much too, Jules. I love you sending you virtual hugs and smooches and, and, and smacks and good kisses and everything. I love you. Um, we love love you all. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week for the void. Yes.